Here at Kajabi, we are known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And we've created the Kajabi Edge podcast to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the online business edge you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. everyone and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you the online business edge you need to succeed on Kajabi. I'm your host Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience and today we're joined by Anne Sullivan, harpist and founder of Harp Mastery. How's it going today, Anne? It's great today here, Jared. Thanks so much. It's great to talk with you. Likewise, I'm glad to have you here and I'm glad to see a harp behind you that nobody, <laughs> since they're all listening, they can't, they can't see. Maybe we'll get you to, you know, I don't know if it's possible but uh, they can maybe hear you at some point on this conversation. Well, it it is, it is possible. We'll have to to work that one out. (laughs) Well, to get started, (laughs) we won't put you on the spot quite yet. Um, Okay. uh, Harpist, I'm sure people got that from the intro, but tell us in your, just your 15 second elevator pitch uh, on who you are and what you do in your online business. Well, um, my, my 15 second elevator pitch has certainly changed. I mean, I am a harpist and that's what I have done my entire life. So uh, I was always, I'm primarily a performer. And of course, like a lot of harpists, I did teaching. I do, um, I'm a classical harpist. I do concerts, recitals, that kind of thing, and um, have always loved it. That's what I've done. And then it was probably, let's see, it was probably about 10 years ago that I was teaching at a harp conference. And for the first time, I was introduced as a harpist teacher and blogger. And uh, that's when I realized that life had changed for me. So my elevator pitch now would be that, yeah, I'm a harpist, but my teaching is online. I, 10 years ago, 10 years ago this summer, I, um, I founded this, what became a business called Harp Mastery. And what I do is I teach harpists all over the world through courses, coaching, webinars, workshops, in-person events, all that sort of stuff. And I have a blog, I have a podcast now. So all that, all that is part of it. But um, my mission is to help every harpist achieve harp happiness, which we define as playing the music you want the way you want. So <laughs> I love that. That's what we do. Very cool. Well, I also love how you you mentioned it's almost the way you described it is almost though you stumbled upon this, which, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure there's some truth to that, but I'm sure there's also some intention. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into blogging, I suppose. Uh, did that start this journey for you? Yeah, that's that's where it started. Um, and the, oh, you could go back just a little bit further. I, um, I'm, I'm in the Philadelphia area and it's where I grew up. Um, I was, uh, doing a lot of freelance harp playing. It's what I grew up doing. I loved it. I was doing a lot of teaching. I graduated from the Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia, which is a really prestigious school. And in fact, I taught music theory there for 19 years. So I, I was really ingrained in this Philadelphia scene. And then my, my 
husband decided that he needed to do something else. And so this is the long way around this story, but, uh, but he quit his job and we bought a campground and we moved up to central Pennsylvania where um, Penn State University is. And that's not the same kind of music scene as a big city like Philadelphia. And I was still really invested in the Philadelphia music scene as I still am. And so I was commuting three and a half hours each way, most weeks to do some kind of playing or teaching back in this area. And the reason this is important is because I spent a lot of time listening to podcasts and I was listening to all kinds of podcasts, but I was really attracted um, to business podcasts. I listened to a lot of things like, uh, oh, Michael Hyatt. I used to listen to Dan Miller. I would listen to anybody I could find. And, and they were talking about blogging. Now, I'm probably the only person in the universe who has never had an ambition to write and yet still ended up with a blog. <laughs> um, but someplace along the line, and I can't, I can't tell you because I don't really know when it started to feel like something I could do or wanted to do or something that would help me um, make this transition into this, um, into this new area where I was living. But all of a sudden I thought, well, I could start a blog and it might help Harpus. I mean, I had the, the advantages of, of learning the harp and growing up in a big city. There was, uh, there was so much resource. I learned with, you know, a, a, a teacher who had studied with a master teacher. I, she was a master teacher herself. I mean, you know, so I was, I didn't know um, how privileged I was as a young person, but I found out. And then I realized in my teaching that so many harpists did not have access to the kind of learning that I had. And I had a lot of things to share. And you know what? The internet's amazing. <laughs> Whereas the teachers in the generation before me could teach a handful of students because they could only teach the students that were in front of them. I had a way to reach a lot of people. And so as we got to the 10th anniversary of, of the blog this year, I looked at the very first blog post, what is harp mastery? And I was, I was amused um, just because it was kind of funny to see how my writing has changed in the last 10 years. But I was really interested to see how the mission is the same, that, that it's really about sharing the, the gifts that were given to me by my teachers. And that's what I've been able to do. And so that's how I stumbled into blogging. I never meant to do it. It just kind of happened. Wow. So I want to, I would love to understand even a little bit more about the, the what I understand the why in this, this case, but mm-hmm. when I think about a harp, I'm, I think I would, I would want to listen to a, you know, I was about to say a CD. Uh, that does anyone Ooh. even know what a CD is? Anymore? <laughs> <laughs> listen to a digital <laughs> audio clip. Let's do a performance. How's that? A performance. Let's go with that. Wow. I can't believe I almost said CD. That's okay. I'd be doing Um, the same thing. (laughs) Anyhow, I could have gone with eight tracks. So I guess CD was a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. Um, Anyhow, sorry to derail. Um, I I think about the harp as something we would listen to. um, But what was the type of content that people were wanting to read about the harp? Well, you know, it it was fascinating to me, uh, but I, 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 wrote about um, some of the kinds of topics that you might not think about. For instance, I remember writing one blog about teacup pinkies, you know, like your little finger, because in harp, we only use our thumb and our three big fingers. We don't use our pinkies. They're too short. And the problem is that if people don't know what to do with their pinky, then it can actually cause tension in their hand. It can actually cause pain. And so if you're sticking your pinky out, like you would be the this nice lady 
at a tea party, that's not proper. But this is the kind of thing that unless you have the right kind of instruction, nobody's going to tell you. So, so there were things like that or how high to sit or how to count a certain rhythm or how to work with a metronome, how to tune the harp, how to play a good chord or arpeggio. There are so many things that, that are, that as a harpist, you want to know. And you sort of, you know, we're all, we certainly are used to learning them in person from our teachers, but there's no reason that you can't say, okay, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. You can do this. Here's the information. Yeah, that makes sense. I want to, I want to understand how you, you started building the, building the audience for this, because I can imagine, or at least I'm guessing like there's probably only like, you're probably the only harpist within a 20 mile period. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, we are, we are small in number compared to other things, but there are more harpists than you might think. Okay. So, so there, you know, there were, there were certainly, um, challenges about trying to reach them, but, um, I, there are a few harp organizations in the country and in the world. And so I was able to, you know, make sure that, that if I had an opportunity to submit articles or something like that, or go to conferences, I, you know, I, I did that kind of networking. Um, but as I started to get, um, a few people coming into the blog and I don't even know what my early numbers are, but, or were, but, um, I would venture to say that most people would call them pathetic. I mean, you know, I started really small. I, I didn't have an audience. I was just kind of putting stuff out there. Um, the next thing I did, I remember was, um, I started doing, I did a couple, like two, uh, Facebook challenges. Mm. And these Facebook challenges, you know, I'd attract 30 or 40 people. And I thought that was huge. I mean, even today, I think, okay, that's not bad, you know, for harp. We think yeah. small in the harp world, right? So, so that wasn't bad. But, um, those, some of those people, you know, were not only then on my newsletter list and, and subscribing to the blog, but they, those challenges became courses became ebooks and um some of them became my very first membership site members and some of those for very first people are still with me today amazing and I, I imagine the flip side of the my previous statement is also true in the sense that because there isn't a harpist you know every two doors you, you also in a way stand out uh, amongst your audience and there's probably also I, I imagine there isn't just a uh, you're not an, in an oversaturated market of harp content. No, there's there's more out there than you might think, but it's still it's it's very niche, we might say. And so people who are harpists tend to, you know, to search for harp related stuff and it's easier to Google, it's easier to find. Maybe you can't find what you want, but if you can get something of your own out there, people will find it. Yeah. Well, I'd love to understand did did you did you intentionally leverage that at all? Were was that where your head was at? Well, it it must have been I, it was shortly after that. Um, I mean, let's see, I was blogging in 2012. I, I think I took my first course at, at trying to turn this into a business when I realized that I finally had people, that I had people following me and I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm still listening to the podcast as I'm driving down the highway and thinking, well, okay, people are doing membership sites. I wonder what a membership site for Harp would look like. I took, 
a, a coaching course and the the end product from that coaching course was an ebook that I still sell on Kindle. Um, it's just a simple little book, but but you know, I felt like, oh, okay, I'd, I'd moved up into the into the you know world of something you could sell. I wasn't making any money at all. But then I then I was hearing about membership sites, and um, I remember telling my husband, I think I want to take this course. And, and it's, it felt like a lot to invest in at the time. It was like $700 or something. And, and I wasn't making any money. So that was kind of huge. But the idea was that, um, if this was a course by Jonathan Milligan and he was great to work with, it was a very small group. And I don't know how many of the other students went on to create a membership course and a membership site, but I did. And I, you know, did my beta launch. And I, I think I was inviting maybe 20 or 25 members into the first group and and I filled it. And I was like, oh, okay. So now I can do... That was my charter member launch. Now I can do my silver member launch. And so I got another 30 people into the site. It's like, wow, okay, this is pretty good. And that was in 2014. And so that was when the, the membership site started. And that has met... We meet live every Monday night. There are courses and all kinds of stuff that have gone into the membership. The, the, the amount of information and teaching in that site is incredible incredible. Um, we're, we're up just under 200 members now, you know, for heart, that's not bad. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, we have, uh, but I have people who've been in there with me since 2014. So we meet live every Monday night. It used to be by telephone, um, when we started, and then it was sort of by computer telephone. And then as soon as zoom was starting to, uh, to make its popularity, we switched to video calls, which was interesting because, you know, we were living in the wilds of central Pennsylvania, the only internet I had was dial-up. I was doing, I was doing an internet business on dial-up internet. Wow. Yeah. And we finally did get to actually broadband, but that was the, but I, you know, it was great to move back to um, a metropolitan area and have, you know, (laughs) like, like, you know, Fios and cable and that kind of stuff. Cause we just didn't have it where we were. So all of that was possible. And that's what I did. I can't even imagine uploading a video. Uh, if you had to for a course on <laughs> overnight, it would be overnight, or I would have to drive someplace where I could, you know, I could find Wi-Fi, and and I had some part-time positions at a couple different universities, you know, between here and there, and I would, uh, you know, I say, okay, let's see, I can upload all these videos when I get there, and I would just park myself and <laughs> you know, and get onto somebody else's Wi-Fi, you know, the university's Wi-Fi, and do it. So wow, well, I want to, I want to ask. And I don't want to assume. So I'm just just going to ask you, I think for at least myself and I think for our listeners, there is maybe a tendency when you hear these stories and they they sound so because they sound so one step after the other and everything just lays out this perfect path. And (laughs) (laughs) we know that's not the reality. But but, but before I ask you about the challenges, I I, want to just ask about you personally first. Like, did you were you predispositioned for success in this world? Like I get the sentiment that you were just, I mean, you probably didn't know what a membership site was until you decided to listen to a podcast and figure it out. Was any of this stuff like just natural or familiar to you? 
Well, um, I've never been afraid of technology. And I think that that helped. My dad was actually in on the very first computers when computers were developed in the 1950s. So we were always computer literate in our house, not my mom. She never, she never quite believed they worked, but the rest of us were kind of computer literate. And so, uh, so I was never afraid of the technology. I think that the help that I got from coaches and from courses and from, from the podcast pretty much convinced me that, that those weren't weren't barriers, those kinds of technological things weren't real barriers, even for, you know, people that didn't have a comfort level with it. You just had to do it step by step. You just, you know, I mean, I, I know that when I set up my first blog, it was a WordPress blog. Um, it has since moved to, to Kajabi, but it was a WordPress blog then. And, um, I, I followed, uh, it was Michael Hyatt's advice. I followed step by step by step by step. You do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. I mean, I followed. Brendan Bouchard's stuff when it came to that step by step by step by step. I was, you know, doing all that, you know, just tell me what to do and I'll just do it. And um, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know where it was going to take me, but I just sort of trusted the steps and went with it. And um, in that, I think the blind trust <laughs> was probably the best way to do it. I couldn't have invented those steps by myself. I didn't have that kind of know-how. I still don't. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's probably kind of like learning the harp actually or learning any instrument like you yeah, don't know the right. outcome you have no choice but to just <laughs> follow the steps take them one right after the other there's there's a level of trust in all of this yeah you don't you you know you know what you think the outcome is going to be but you don't really know what's going to happen and and in with any any time you're dealing with technology the world changes so fast that sometimes by the time you've got it figured out and you think oh yeah this is going to be great the world has already changed and so you know you have to you have to sort of believe that the steps are going to take you somewhere and um, resist the distractions that say, oh, but this, this is better. Oh, don't use that platform. Use this one. Oh, don't, don't create this. Nobody believes, uh, you know, Michael Hyatt said to blog three times a week when I started. And so I did three times a week was crazy. And then all of a sudden, 12 months later, he's saying, you know, I used to do that, but now I'm just blogging once a week. Oh, thank <laughs> goodness. So I started blogging once a week and, and became sane again. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it's just saying, okay, these people have figured it out. I don't have to figure it out for myself. I can just do what they've done. And I think really when it comes to all of this stuff, that's what I've done. I have, you know, found people that I trust who, you know, whether they were coaches I was working with personally or not, you know, that, that I could rely on to, to, to say, okay, these people have done it. They know what they're talking about. All I have to do is just do it. Um, and, and, you know, and it, it worked maybe not the same way that they got it to work. Maybe not the same way I expected it to work, but, um, to treat it as a process of discovery, uh, I found was great, you know, as, as a, as a surefire way to do anything. There's nothing surefire in life to start with and certainly not in, in any kind of internet world. But, you know, yeah, if you let it be an adventure and a discovery and you're not afraid to, um, to take a step that might be wrong, then um, then you can do amazing things before you know it. Yeah, I, I think that there's 
a pretty strong parallel to from learning harp or really any instrument to the business world. And that's that I think just about anyone, I don't want to speak, speak for you. You're the expert on harp, but if they take the right steps, follow them in the right order, they can probably become a capable player. They may not be the, the world's greatest. They may not be, you know, the degrees of success will vary, but if someone does the right steps in the right order, they can become a harp player. Yeah, there is, there is something to that. I, I, I'd make a couple of tweaks that I found that are important. I mean, at, at Harp Mastery, we work primarily with adult students. Um, a lot of people will teach kids. I mean, I love teaching young people. And in fact, I love it so much. We are now starting a brand new division of Harp Mastery that will just be for young people. But Harp Mastery itself was for the adult student. And these are people who, um, who, who know that they want to learn the harp, but they might be afraid to invest too much in it because they're not sure if they're going to like it. They're not sure if they're going to be good at it, or it just seems like a lot of money to buy a harp and take lessons. And so, well, we'll get a small harp. And then sometimes they find out that they've gotten a harp that's too small and they can't do anything with it, or they don't understand why they thought it was a really good deal online. And now they find out that they can't keep it in tune. Well, you know, okay. So what they really need is the right kind of guidance to give them the steps they need to follow from wherever they are. It doesn't even have to be in the right order. It's like, okay, you got potholes here. Let's fill in those potholes so that your journey is going to be smooth. Let's figure that out. And to be able to have somebody who's going to walk with you and show you those steps, that's really great. Um, but everybody takes a different journey too. Not everybody wants to go to the same place. Not everybody wants to play a big pedal harp like the one I have. They want to play small folk harps, or maybe they want to play Celtic music, or maybe they want to play uh, for hospice patients. Maybe they want to play in schools. Maybe they want to just play in a group. I mean, there are so many different things you can do with the harp and everybody has their own path with it. But that that individual path doesn't mean that the steps are that different. It just means that you still need this. You still need the same framework to support you in that journey. Um, and you're going to be taking those steps. You're going to be filling in those potholes. But then you have somebody, hopefully the person alongside you who is going to say, okay, here's the next thing you need to do in order to do what you want to do. Not what I want you to do, not what I wanted to do for me, but what you want to do for you. I mean, the harp is a very, you know, any musical instrument, it's a personal expression. And so you really, you know, you need to tailor um, your teaching to what that individual student wants, what their goals are. We are extremely goal oriented in our programs at Heart Mastery, not in a, in a, um, you know, high power achievement kind of way, but in a, we don't want you to take lessons forever just for the sake of lessons. We want you to get something done. We, we know you want to be able to do something. And so let's figure out what it is you want to do and then empower you to do that. Yeah. Well, speaking of potholes, let's, let's talk a little bit about a few of those potholes or bumps in the road on your journey? Can oh you share gosh. any challenges that you encountered? Wow. Well, um, there, there, there were a bunch of challenges. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm not a writer, but I had to write. So I, I just sort of started doing that and figured, okay, if I can talk, that's how I'm going to write. So that, um, okay. Got past that one. Um, but then how do I structure a course? How do I, um, you know, how do I, uh, gosh, I needed graphics. Where do I find graphics? I'm not a graphic designer. 
designer. So it, for me, a lot of the early stuff was all about searching for, for resources. Cause I had no clue. I couldn't do them. I, you know, I wasn't making money. I, it wasn't like I could hire somebody, um, at that point to do things for me. Um, things are way different 10 years down the road. Um, but you know, I, I was doing everything myself. I was doing all the technology work myself, setting up, setting up a first website and figuring out how to, how to get a graphic. What do I do for a landing page? I don't know. Create a landing page. How do I do an email list and, and working with this email provider until I discovered that, Oh, wait, I'm going to need to be able to do this. Well, how do I migrate to another email provider? It was just, you know, as much as I wasn't afraid of the technology, it was, it was burdensome to figure out. I think it's, there are so many more options now. Now than there were then. I mean, 10 years isn't a long period of time in the, you know, the scheme of, <laughs> of the history of the earth, but, but it's, it's the ice age as far as technology goes. And now so many more things are plug and play ish on the internet and are integratable. And it's way, way different than it was, but that doesn't mean that it's, it's still easy. It's still difficult to figure out what the next step is. How do I build an audience? How do I talk about this stuff? And it was, I mean, thank goodness I had a lot of time in the car because I was just trying to find people I could listen to who seemed to have this path figured out. I, I don't, I mean, potholes, I think every single new thing that I tried, whether it was my first course or my first challenge or my, my, my first membership site or my first email is everything was a giant pothole. I decide to do it and I'd just be a mess just thinking that, well, I've got to learn, I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this. And then eventually it would come together and I'd figure out what I didn't have to do. Okay. So I really don't need all the bells and whistles of this particular program. All I need is first name and an email, and that'll get me through for right now. Or, you know, I don't need all these pieces of the courses to, to integrate. All I need to do is just a way to get them up on a page. I don't need massive video production for right now. I think I was using, and I was using a flip camera at that point. So it's like, okay, just, you know, let me, let me figure out how I can rig up a couple of shop lights and, and get some decent lighting and, and use the flip camera. And, you know, I, <laughs> a lot of my stuff is just, it's not slick. It, it's useful and it's helpful to the people it needs to help. And so, you know, figuring out where those traps were, you know, in the, Ooh, well, I could make it glitzy. I could make it shiny. Da, da. For me, that's a, you know, when I start thinking about that, I know it's time to, okay, wait, scale it back, step back for a moment, step away from the glitz, figure out, uh, figure out what, what you really need to do. And then just do that. Cause there, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff you really don't need. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Useful Trump's production quality. 1000 thousand percent of the time. <laughs> a nutshell statement. Absolutely, Jared. Yeah. Well, take us, uh, I know you mentioned earlier that you started out on WordPress. I don't know what other tools that you used, but just help us understand how you navigated your way onto the Kajabi platform. Um, well, it was, I had, it was WordPress for the blog and I was using Aweber for email and that was pretty much it. I didn't really have another website other than WordPress, but once I started, oh, I had a, I had a Facebook, um, Facebook page because that was where I ran my challenges on Facebook. Um, you know, and remember I didn't have any, anything I was doing in terms of video other than the stuff I would post in the Facebook group. I didn't do, you know, I was 
just blogging and then the challenge. So I was building the email list, sending out real basic newsletters, maybe once a week. I, I, I guess I, I must have done that because that's how I published the blog, right? I would send it out on, on newsletters, but, um, and on the WordPress site. But once I decided that a membership site would be a way to monetize this and to reach more people and to really give them instruction in person, uh, in, you know, over the internet, of course, but, um, you know, instead of just writing at them every week, um, that's when I took, you know, I took a course and that's when I took Jonathan Milligan's course and he was all about Kajabi. So it's like, okay, Jonathan said Kajabi, I'm just following directions. So, and this was 2014. So Kajabi hadn't been around for very long. I don't know when it started, but I think that was relatively new on the scene. I don't know. Do you know? I mean, yeah, it was, we're, we've been around for about 12 years now. So, okay. So, so, so four years or so into the journey. So it was out there. So I, you know, those were the steps. So I just followed the steps and it's like, okay, well, let me sign up for Kajabi. And, and so I did. And, um, that was how I built the membership site. Now I still had the WordPress blog. So I had the WordPress blog and I had Kajabi and that's for the membership site. I had that set up for a while. And as, as you know, I was discovering that I could build courses on Kajabi. And so I had some early courses that came from my challenges that, that I put on there. And that was kind of exciting. That was kind of fun. You know, and Kajabi was pretty easy to work with. I wasn't doing a whole lot of stuff with it. I was pretty basic. And once again, I'm, you know, trying to figure out images on my own. And um, it was a little less user-friendly then than it is now in that I remember having to pay so much attention to, okay, I need my graphic to be this dimension. It has to be this, this, and this, and this. And, 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 you know, then it was kind of a big deal when it automatically did the mobile layouts for you. And it was like, Oh, this kind of nifty. So, um, but, uh, I was still using a Weber because there, I don't know that Kajabi had email capabilities at that point. Um, so I was busy trying to make things talk together and I was doing all of this myself. So I was writing the blog and dealing with the, the website, which wasn't hard, but anything that had to happen with it, even, you know, posting the replay of my weekly calls. I mean, I was doing all that. Plus I was trying to practice and play and doing my commuting driving every week. So, um, so I was busy, <laughs> um, not, not crazy, but I was busy. And then the, the membership site I was teaching, the teaching I was doing was involved a lot of making videos too. So I, that's when I started learning about how to produce videos. So I was doing some of that, uh, not good at it, but, um, it's funny every once in a while I'd step up my game and somebody would say, Oh, your videos are looking so good. I think, okay. Yeah. I invested in a light. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what do you know? Um, uh, different camera. Okay. This is good. Oh, look, there's a backdrop. Um, so, so I did that. And then 2016 new Kajabi came out and I know it was 2016 because I remember having to, to, um, hire a, a new Kajabi specialist to help me migrate everything over. And cause I, that was just more than I could take, but I still had the WordPress blog and we were linking to that from, um, from Kajabi. Cause now Kajabi was my website, which was great. Um, I, I didn't make it look particularly pretty, but it was okay. And it was, it was doing its job and it was easy for me to work with, which was the biggest, <laughs> the biggest advantage, which is really a game changer for me. So I was like, okay, I can, I can figure this out. This is great. Um, 
And so now we had everything moved over to what was then new Kajabi. So I got everything set up there. And then, um, I, I was finally in a, in a place where I was quite busy and I, I hired a virtual assistant. Um, and one, one of the first things she helped me do, or she actually did, and we figured, strategized it together and she did all the heavy lifting was to bring my entire WordPress blog, all those hundreds of blog posts. I mean, the blog is now archived, but I have nearly 700 blog posts to bring all those blog posts over into Kajabi. Since I had, um, I had, you know, my, my Kajabi thing, I've got a few different websites in my, in, you know, the, the, the account that I have or the possibility of. So we just took one of those websites and devoted it to the blog. And so we moved everything over and that meant changing all the links and doing all kinds of stuff. Every once in a while, we'll still find a link that's broken, but we, we finally got rid of WordPress and brought that over. And it was wonderful to have everything all in one place. And then when we started working on this youth division, we were talking about it in the early planning stages thinking, well, how are we going to do this? And how are we going to automate the email so that we can separate the email lists? And I said, you know, we still have another Kajabi website we can use. (laughs) So there you go. So we just moved everything. So we just started a new, a new website over there. But, um, so we've got three separate, three separate Kajabi websites. People only really know about two of them because the blog we don't publish that separately. We just link to that from our main website, but that's sort of the, the Kajabi journey part of it. Oh yeah. And along the line earlier, rather than later, I think sometime around 2016, when I was doing the new Kajabi thing, I had switched from Aweber to convert kit. And then it was like, what do you mean? Kajabi's doing email. Well, good. Let me get rid of this too. And, <laughs> and we, uh, we moved all the emails that, that I had on my email list over into Kajabi. So, but pretty much everything's there. Amazing. Well, thinking back to the decision, Decision that you made to pursue this 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 leap, this entrepreneurial journey. <laughs> tell us, tell us what's changed in your life as a result of you making this decision and moving into this world that was so I I can't imagine is just obviously familiar to every harpist out there. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you, it's 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 weird, and it never ceases to feel just a little strange to me when I step back and look at what happened. I mean, when I was growing up as a harpist, my one ambition as a, as a teenager. Was was to play in an orchestra someday. And then by the time I got finished with music school, I was thinking orchestra playing isn't it. I mean, orchestra playing was is is kind of nice, but orchestra playing for a harpist is like special teams in football. You know, it it counts in the moment, but most of the time you're not on the field. So, um, you know, so it's so I, I could always identify with kickers on football teams because, you know, they're they're sitting on the bench, they're sitting on the bench, and then all of a sudden they know they're they're gonna be called into, you know, to what might be potentially a game winning kind of a play. And so they start warming up on the sideline and then they get out there and they have one shot to do it. And that's kind of what heart playing in orchestra is like, because you sit and you sit and you sit and you try to just, you know, stay focused and you sit and you sit. And then all of a sudden you have to play something and it's really important. And maybe the whole orchestra stops when you play it, or maybe nobody even hears it. But, you know, anyway, so orchestra playing was, was not my favorite thing to do. I loved playing in chamber music and still do love playing in chamber music ensembles, love playing solo recitals. Um, but that was the stuff that I preferred. So uh, I loved freelancing. I loved going to different places. I never would have thought that I wanted to do a business thing. That was, you know, I didn't, that was not part of my thinking. I was never the kid that had the lemonade stand. I was never the, I mean, I, I think I might even have tried a couple of, you know, a couple of things as a kid, like earn money doing something or other, but I hated it and I was never any good at it. So, you know, so that was not, not me. I was playing the harp. That was all I knew how to do, but I, I've always loved teaching, you know, as much as I love performing. I love teaching. And 
when I realized that that this technology gave me a way to teach that was different from any any kind of harp teaching that had come before, right? It was just wasn't part of harp teaching. But why shouldn't somebody write about harp playing? I mean, other harpists, you know, in the past wrote method books, right? I'm not writing a method book, but I can certainly write about the harp. And then I can, I can, you know, teach people through videos. I can help people with specific problems. A few years ago, I started an entire coaching program. I have five coaches who coach students for me. And I would never have thought of that. Somebody referred to me, my, my assistant referred to me not long ago as the best boss she's ever had. And I just was like, boss? How did I turn into a boss? I mean, this is just such a puzzle for me. I, I didn't want to, I never set out to do any of this. What I set out to do was to teach the harp. And this stuff just came along with it as a terrific way to do it. And I think that's what has made the, the, you know, the, the struggles and the the challenges, whether it's, you know, trying to figure out why an integration doesn't work or why, you know, how to, how to get Cloudflare to talk to everything, right? I don't know what it is, whether it's, you know, any of those struggles, it's made all those struggles not so important because it's the way I can serve the people that I know I can serve. It's the way I can bring what my teachers taught me and their teachers taught them. I can share that in a much broader way than any other generation of harpists could any earlier generation, right? I mean, this is, this is what we can do. And to be able to share that and to be able to see the impact that it's made for, um, the students that I've worked with and just to, to, to level up the harp happiness in the world. I mean, that's, what's really made it all worthwhile for me. I love that. Well, speaking of, of making harpists happy, uh, tell us what, what is coming down the pipeline, any new courses, new uh, uh, offerings that you're planning on releasing in the near future? As I said, we're starting our youth division and that will, that is a brand new start for us. It's called Harp Quest and it's for youth and for their parents and for their teachers as well. And right now, I mean, it's still really early. I haven't had to do this in a long time, but we're in the, the email list building phase. You know, I haven't done that since, you know, as, as a, as, as a way to start an offer in really long time. So this is, this is kind of fun. And so it's building the new blog and the new newsletters and the new logo. And um, one of my coaches is going to be spearheading this whole division so that because I don't have the bandwidth to do it. And she's amazing at this stuff. So we are, you know, so we're working together to get all this content out to to design this brand new website, which is is now up and functional and, and this social media. And this will be, um, we're going to be in a couple months, it will include a free forum, which of course will be on Kajabi. And so it'll, it'll include a free forum where we'll be able to facilitate um, conversations and disseminate, you know, information. I mean, like the, you know, what kind of harp cart do I buy for my, you, you probably didn't even know that harp carts were a thing, uh, but they are. <laughs> and, you know, well, what do I buy? And what, what do you mean I need extra strings and, you know, stuff like that. And, and, and so we'll be um, looking for that to be a resource and that will be coming eventually um, into its own version of a paid membership. 
but we still have a long way to go with that. So, and then, you know, I launched, launched my podcast, um, just over a year ago. And so that was a huge, a huge thing for me, but we're, you know, we're, we're working at that. We've got, my coaches are coming up with some new courses. We've got, um, a theory course for harpist that's going to be launching after the first of the year. Um, we've got a couple, couple live retreats that are coming up next year. I mean, this is just, there's so much that, um, that we're looking forward to doing and so many new ways to teach is fun. <laughs> wow. That is, that is a ton of exciting stuff coming up. Speaking <laughs> of, <laughs> speaking of your podcast, um, and maybe any other areas you want to touch on, what's the best way for people to learn more about you. I imagine the podcast is maybe a great way, but uh, tell us about that in any other areas. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, they can always, I mean, everything that we do is, is reachable one way or another from through heartmastery.com. That's the easiest way to do it. And I remember when I, when I got that domain name, I, you know, I was thinking, well, I don't know what kind of domain name to pick. I don't know what kind of name this. And I saw that there were all kinds of blank mastery things happening. It was a, it was like a, a thing that people were doing at the time. And I thought, well, okay, Harp Mastery. And I, it was available. <laughs> you know, what a surprise, right? So harpmastery.com was available. And I remember somebody asking me just maybe even a year after that, wow, how did you get that name? It's like, well, you know, it's a harp thing. It was available. So uh, <laughs> anyway, so um, uh, it is it is now a registered trademark, by the way, Harp Mastery. So, but we have um, harpmastery.com is the easiest way to reach us. The podcast is called Practicing Harp Happiness. And uh, you can find all our podcast episodes on on our website or on any podcast platform. We're just about there. So um, that's what we're about. We're about practicing heart happiness. What can I say? Very exciting stuff. Well, we'll of course have that in the show notes for everyone. I uh, just wanted to wrap this up by saying a huge thank you to you, Anne, for sharing wow. your journey with us so openly. It was an incredible ride. It's It's been a lot of fun, Jared. It's been fun to talk about with you too, just because it's it always always kind of takes me back. It's just like, how did I end up here? I don't know, but it's a great place and I'm having a great time. So. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's all we have for our listeners this week. We really appreciate your time listening to us. We appreciate the reviews and the comments that you leave us. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast. 